0: We're on a journey here at uh, Central Assembly of God to, to unfold the vision for the years to come that the Lord has for us. My staff and a team of others have gathered together and we prayed and we sought to face the Lord. And we, we've said, Lord, what, is, what becomes both a challenging and motivating theme and a picture that can be created for us about how you're going to do even more even in a greater way, the things that uh, we know that you desire to do. How are you going to use Central? And uh, so we've been hitting on this subject matter of being real. I'm not sure what's going on with this TV. It's just resetting here. Sometimes, you know, the smart things aren't the smart things. You notice <laughs> it came up and said I was smart, okay? It's too smart for me late right now, but hey, there we go. <laughs> we believe that we should be a real people, serving a real God, and making a real difference. Now, obviously, the emphasis on those things, the word real before each of those statements, is because there are some people who don't act so real. There are people who put on masks, even within the church. And we believe the vision that we have, that we believe is a God-ordained vision, is that when a people determine to be real with one another and talk about some of the things that we're going to be talking about in both the weeks, months, and years to come, that something miraculous starts to happen. A connection starts to take place where real people could be serving a real God. Go back to the last slide if you would for a moment serving a real God, we're going to talk about that, and then a real difference in the weeks to come. But last week we talked about vision, the importance of vision. Hopefully some of you went home and you pulled out the notebook and you began to write some things down. We prayed the Holy Spirit would start to give you downloads upon his vision for your life. Listen, you, you can get a vision, but until you put it down on paper many times, it's just fantasy. It's just wishful thinking. But the vision becomes motivating when you start to put it down on paper, on a board, vision board. I, I, don't, I don't care what you call it, just something that says, this is what I believe the Lord has in store for us. So we're trying to do that here at Central. And then this, this week we're talking about real people. And um, it, it's so important for you to, to realize, as I said before, how important it is to be real. The enemy sometimes brings this distortion to people who are not of the church or not in the church as far as participating in the family of God. And, and uh, it's the enemy working through them. You, you, you realize that our struggle is never against flesh and blood, right? Let me say that again. I said our struggle is never against flesh and blood. That's right. It's, it's Those powers, principles, those things that are working through people. It's like, well, isn't it the same? No, it's not the same. If you see it as the same, then you will never be able to be a redemptive force also working with the Holy Spirit in bringing people to Jesus because you'll see them as the enemy. And we need to see and recognize the real who the real enemy is. It's not people. But we have to move through the steps to make sure that we have everything in the right places so that we are accomplishing the right things for the Lord. And uh, I, I want you to get ready. I want you you're going to listen to a video, so make sure the audio is on for the CPU here in a minute. And I want you just to listen to something, just a, a video that I found that I think kind of sets the stage for this message that I want you to hear uh, today. All right. Go ahead and roll with that, if you would, please.
1: Louder. Yep. People matter to God. All of them. Rich or poor, young or old, the educated, the addicted, the CEO, or student. They matter. The question is, do they matter to us? Do we love people the same way God does? Or do we look first at their circumstances, their lifestyle, their choices, and only then decide just how much we will value them? That's not how it's supposed to be. The church, the body of Christ, called to live our lives seated at our Savior's feet. Seated. I guess we are all seated somewhere. Maybe it's church. Maybe it's a classroom, or an office, a prison cell, or the street. But what if none of that mattered to us? What if we looked past people's circumstances and saw them the way God does? What if we would sit next to them and step into their story? That's the church being the church. Yes, people matter to God. The question is, do they matter to you?
0: That when Jesus was walking in a physical condition upon the face of the earth, that he said with his actions over and over again, people matter to me. My wife has had within her heart, probably a saying that she heard from someplace else, but it just resonated within her, and she's saying and being, been part of her prayer thing through all of 2018, and it is be aware of the chair. It sounds like an inanimate type of statement. A chair? Why a chair? Be aware of the chair for her and for the individuals, I think, who shared that with her was that be aware of who should be in the chair, who's not in the chair. What would it be like for us to? Me walk around as that gentleman was down the sidewalks and such and just carrying around an empty chair. And someone said, what what you carrying that around for? I'm just being aware of the space that there is for you to sit next to me. For you to be in my family, for you to be in my world. Are we aware of the chair? Are you aware of the empty chair next to you? Who should be in that chair? I think when we become a real people, we talk about the real issues, the real challenges that are facing the church today, America today, our state, Muskegon, the area here. And, and, and we set out to, to help people to realize we're not perfect. But one thing is, is we are determined to serve God. And by serving God, I'm serving you. And you might wonder why. You might think there's some ulterior motive. You might think that there's something that's, you know, at risk for you. But the only thing that's at risk for you is, is a, a, a relationship, all right? Now, there's a lot of things that come along with that. We got we to come through with what we say we're going to come through, do we not? We can't make promises, empty promises. We say we're going to be there for people. We got to be there for them. Family members. How many of you have had some family members have gone through some things? And you're just like, "Oh my goodness, again!" They're going through that again. Depression, discouragement, failure at another job, pregnant out of wedlock, quit school. We can come up with a whole list of things. I, I got a whole list of some some topics that talk about issues. But it's going to get a little quiet in here. <laughs> because we, we can't be oblivious to the things that's going on. So I want to ask the Holy Spirit just to work with us in the next few moments. Lord, I pray in the next few moments that as the body of Christ here at Central this morning, that you would allow for us to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. And when the Spirit says, the Spirit also expects that there be a response to the people, and that we, Lord, would go out and we'd be your hands and your feet extended. You, Lord, in the physical sense, are not here with flesh and blood, but you are definitely here by your spirit. You are alive and well and living in me and through me and through everybody else who identifies with you. And we give you praise right now for doing what we cannot do, I cannot do in my own strength to help motivate us and steer us so we can be effective in making a difference in the days ahead. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's issues. Look at your neighbor and say, you're part of the issue. (laughs) You could say, I know you've got issues. I mean, that, that word issues, they've got an issue. You know what I'm saying? That, that is so broad, is it not? I mean, that, 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 that takes into so many different things and thoughts come to mind. There's a ribbing that happens with people, you know, a little bit of jesting and having fun. Yeah, yeah. You, that person's got issues. Right now, we know when we say that, we're not speaking like in an uplifting kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Well, how about the issues being something good? But for far too long, we find ourselves focusing in and dialing in and zeroing in on the negative issues, do we not? So I'm going to take you down a path that I don't go very often, all right, in my speaking. And I'm going to talk about some of the issues today that we have, because real people have real issues, do they not? And you know what? In our church or in our world, and in what we live, we have people that are experiencing some of these things that are going on. And this is not an exhaustive list. We we just wouldn't have enough time to talk about all the issues. <laughs> it got issues. <laughs> oh my goodness! Bullying. Anybody ever hear of bullying? I mean, that's an issue today. How many know that it doesn't just happen to kids in school? How many know that self-harm is an issue that we've got to deal with today? Crime. It's an issue today. Though since 2013, I'll have you know, and you can go on and you can look up Muskegon crime in the city of Muskegon. We have seen the crime just just going right off the right off the scale it, it's been amazing what's been taking place and happening in Muskegon. Now I want to let you know something else has been happening since 2013. A group of people got together and said, "I think that we need to have some 24/7 prayer." And I wonder if there might be some churches that might want to join with us and pray for this area of Muskegon. And 31 churches just decided to sign up and they covenanted made a covenant to pray every minute of every hour of every day, (laughs) all the time. Now, our day is the 15th, and we have not done a too great of job at making you aware of that. We've we've done it in the past. We've had clipboards and such like that, but logistically, sometimes we just drop the ball. Has it ever happened to anyone else? Can it all right if I be real? I'm talking about real people and real issues? But I want you to know, I believe that God wants to work and operate through us. I believe that prayer makes a difference. It's made a difference. Crime is on the way down, but it still is an issue. There's assault, thievery, sexual assault. It's in the news, is it not? Main stage. Big-time deal. And, you know, what's so interesting about it, I don't want to go political with you at all, but, but I want you to think, and, you know, when you step out and you try to bring balance to some things, how many of you know that it, it gets a little messy and someone could walk away and, and, and think, you know, the wrong thing, all right? First of all, I do not ever approve of anyone coming into your space and assaulting you in any manner or way, whether it be sexually, emotionally, or physically, anything like that. No excuse for it whatsoever and let me say this it doesn't make me wonder though about why it happens so often given the society and the culture in which we live i use the word and there not but cuz but many times cancels out everything that you said before it <laughs> i don't want to cancel out, i want i want to stand against every form of aggression that would ever come against anybody and i want this country i want This nation, I want this state, I want this community, and I want this church to accept responsibility for the things that we tolerate or we even participate in that help to feed into some of that stuff. Which could be turning our head the other way and not looking, burying our heads in the sand, and or participating in the need for more of it cheering and watching the movies and listening to the music and the things that promote this kind of godlessness in America. We wonder why some of these things are taking place, because it's the agenda that Hollywood and the godless nation, the godless part of the nation, is pushing. Sexualizing so many different things from selling butter. Hello? Taking vacations. You could see anything and everything being advertised. Using sex to sell it. And we wonder why. No excuse. No excuse whatsoever. But. The reasons why? And how do we either support it or stand against it? What types of things have we said are not really any big deal? I just listen to the music, but not the words. Young people, it's the same thing that was said when I was growing up as far as why you can listen to ungodly music. I'm not just talking about secular music. I'm not talking about, you know, there's, there's music out there that doesn't have the Christian message where it's not preaching that Jesus Christ said, and it's, it's, it's music, all right, and, and it's just talks about life. i not down on that. But, but think about the other stuff that we listen to in the television shows that we watch that promote ungodly attributes and characteristics. And they're making money off of our feasting on those things. It's a real issue. i going to try to stay to the notes here. Divorce is an issue today. Someone who's experienced divorce is already experiencing enough pain. They shouldn't have to come into the church and have a finger shaken at them and saying, if you would have done this or if you would have done that where's healing after divorce where's healing after abortion we should stand against it 2014 there were 652,639 legal abortions that were reported in 49 reporting areas 26 of those 26,000 of those was in michigan that's a lot of heartache or a lot of callousness. A lot of people who are just making choices and seeing that that precious life was just in the way for them. And somehow they thought that, but now they stand a year, a week removed, and the aching of what they've done is eating them alive. Where will the church be to help them with that? it's a real issue how do we promote god attributes and values and take a stand against the godless ones without feeling someone who's in the midst of experiencing the godlessness stuff that they're not ostracized they're not thrown out it's an issue but until we're willing to work through it until we're willing to have the discussions about it then we're not going to get anywhere Oh, the enemy, he'll work hard to distort the love that we have for people. When you call somebody on the carpet about particular actions that they're repeating, that continues to put them in, a, in an awkward or a debilitating state, listen, nobody wants to hear that. How many of you wanted to hear that when you were in that spot? <laughs> None of you raising your hands. How many of you are thankful that someone still did it to you? Raise your hand if someone, said, someone was still there speaking in your life saying, hey, you need to stop that. That's, that, that's not, that's not going to lead you into a right path, the right way. We have an epidemic of people, young people, needing to be adopted and in our foster care systems. It's a real issue today. And it's a tragedy because in those foster care systems, and this is not to say that all foster care systems are bad. We have we have we have people in our church families who are who are excellent places to place children who are safe and loving and caring for them. But guess what? I heard just recently of a child who was placed into its third foster care and was abused again for the third time and had to be removed from that one. It's a real issue. We need more people, though, to step up, God-fearing, God, God people who will care and will come out of their comfort zones and take care of the unwanted children. Joblessness is an issue. Addiction, such as gambling and drugs and food, is an issue. I'm not going to ask which one you've been addicted to, but I want you to know that if it's an addiction if it's controlling, if it's overwhelming, if it's all that you can think about, then probably it's an addiction for you. Homelessness. Some people are there by choice and decisions. Others have had the carpet ripped right off from underneath them. Someone who's a convict, who has come out of prison, who's paid their time, and trying to make it in society again. It's so, so hard. To even go to the worst of worst, as far as what we can think of as far as worst, to be a child sexual predator. Can't even live in certain areas. Oh, it it, it grinds within me when I sit here and think about someone daring to do something to bring harm to a child. But I, I say, is there redemption and restoration for someone even like that? Let me make it clear. Not to work with our children here, but there's forgiveness for everybody. Amen? Does that make sense to everybody here today? Are you feeling the heaviness of these real issues? How do we show this merciful, loving message to a very dysfunctional, chaotic society that's got issues with hunger, economic issues, racism, educational deficiencies, health problems and disease, domestic abuse, and, of course, road rage? Yeah, it's heavy and light, but it's real. It's a real issue. We're so mixed up in society. We, we take a look at some things. I just was, got a couple pictures, and I, I don't want to dial in on these things. And if anybody's struggling with any of these particular areas, I want to let you know that at the cross there is Healing. At the cross, when you come to Jesus, there is restoration. There is a way in which the issue, whatever it is that you're dealing with, there is a chair that we have here at Central Assembly of God that we're opening up for you. We're thinking about how we can be able to communicate the, 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 the restoring, redemptive message of Jesus Christ to you again. Because the enemy distorted a lot of things. Well, there's some hot topics for us as a church and as far as society. Go ahead with the next slide, if you would, please. I want you to know that right now in, um, um, this is according to the 2010 U.S. census, there was 35% of Muskegon County residents are affiliated with a religious organization. That leaves 65% left or 110,000 people who have no religious affiliation whatsoever. How many of you know that we don't have enough room to hold them here? But yet you have an empty seat next to you <laughs> or across from you or in your area, your region what are we going to do we got to let these people know that we're just a real people with real issues ourselves that have all come together and somehow some way god has seen fit to give us this message in such a convincing way that it bears witness with our heart that we call ourselves children of God. How dare we? How dare we? In, in, in which the the the, the, uh, the persecutors would say, call yourselves, you know, followers of God. I mean, you shouldn't have any mistakes, any errors, any mess, missteps in your life if you're a child of God. But that's not the message we're promoting. We're not promoting one with excuses and saying, hey, You know, hey, we all just mess up. You know, nobody's perfect, and we can just do whatever. No, no, there's something that the Word of God tells us to do to help us to move forward and to make strides and to make a difference in this world. So there's a lot of people to reach, a lot of people with real issues just like us. A couple more of the issues here, if we would, please. And In the 2000, or go back to 2015 in Muskegon County, the suicide rate doubled. And was twice the state average. A recent survey showed one in three students have considered suicide. And we have someone within this, this church who's working with other people within this church called Bringing Hope Alive, a nonprofit organization who is doing the very best that they can to, to have communication with at-risk at teens who are considering this and trying to say there's hope in Jesus Christ. So appreciate Dominique Adult and her efforts with that. Where's she at? She's part of our praise and worship team? Where's she at? Okay. Amen. Make sure and thank her for that. Muskegon County was the number one in the state of Michigan for hospitalizations and opioid abuse and was number eight for the entire U.S. That's incredible. Not in a good way. How many of you think that that's a real issue? Then we get sidetracked by some things, some goofy things that come up in the news. I want to tell you, God's got a standard for life, all right. He, he and, and and go ahead with that next slide, if you would, please. What, what do you what do you notice there? What, what is that a picture of? Penguins, right? And over here, this one is this one look too too happy. <laughs> Looks like they're giving it, th- these ones right here the wherewithal, right? How many have you had that 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 shaking finger at you, you know, like down here's a little one. And one of the news articles that I read, this was the caption that was there. Go ahead, to the next slide right here. Desperate to become dads, a gay penguin couple kidnaps chick. Now I don't know how they get that out of there, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that. The enemy will take that, use it as a twisting thing, and try to bring division in another way, both in the church and without. I mean, we have our feelings towards certain things. In homosexuality, I want to tell you right now that there's hope for that for you in that. In other words, God had made Adam and Eve, right? And he set things up. We believe the Bible teaches, amen, that there is a relationship between a husband and a wife. All right, we, we we believe that, but we're living in a in a world where people have distorted that, and and I've dealt with young people, teenagers, whom are struggling inside because of whatever input they've had or whatever feelings they've had. Well, you we can come up with all the excuses, whatever, but they really think that they are homosexuals. And you like my, you have an opinion about that already, maybe, and, and you're wondering, maybe you're new here, and you say, whoa, is this? A political issue? No, this is a Bible issue. Our superintendent was with—I was with him on, on Thursday, along with 600 other people, and we were we, of, the, of the of the assemblies of God. And he was at a at a conference, and he was talking. He says, "Listen, it's important for us to remain true to the Bible, and the Bible says that there is hope and healing for everybody, even though we've got real issues. But this is this is the types of things that that that, that come up with it, and, and see there." What emotion I want to rise within you is not ju- just, you know, a, a disfavor, but like, Lord, help us to get this message out to I- individuals that that there is a way that the word of God says to live. And and, and just like I, ca- I, I can't be all right, having extramarital affair outside of marriage with someone of the of the opposite sex. All right. That, that, that's not any more acceptable than having it, you know, with someone of the same sex that, that both are wrong. You hear what I'm saying? But the issue is, the enemy tries to get us stuck on these other things. I will to move on if it would. All right, please. All right. There's a T-shirt here. That says, "Boys are not allowed to touch me." Just trying to keep things current. Trying to keep things real. Here's what the uh, the news caption uh, said: "Reportedly, groped teen almost gets expelled for boys." Boys are not allowed to touch me. Shirt. The mother in the article, if you read it, and this one's just uh, three days ago. All right. This is this is current stuff. Said that she she, she said she was a late bloomer, and she went to school this last year, and all of a sudden these boys felt like they could just treat her like an object. And so she told the principal. Principal told her that she he must be sending some wrong signals, and that um, you know that uh, uh, you know really wasn't going to do anything about it. Just stay away from those boys and such, and still wasn't stopping it. How many of you know that we we do have to listen? <laughs> To people? And so she goes, and she probably goes to, to an, an extreme, but to make a statement. Go back to the picture, if you would, please. Boys are not allowed to touch me, just, just in case you were wondering. she. He, he, oh, that's what he said. You need to be clear with your message. Wow, I am I've, I've tried to set the stage here. <laughs> My team be praying for me right now, all right. You guys knew how this is gonna be a challenge for us, but these are real issues. But God's got a real plan. And the plan is for wholeness. The very first thing I'd like to share for, for, with you is this, and, and it's gonna be found in Colossians chapter three. We're gonna use as a leaping board into our scripture, but. I want you to get this. Go back to the point, if you would, please, again. If you're writing this down, a plan for wholeness does not mean a lack of acknowledgement of real issues. I want you to get that today. There is not any easy, straightforward path in every single situation that we can do in each and every time. Bible is the same in every situation, every time. But listen, if we don't acknowledge some of the issues at hand, and how difficult it is in order to stay true to the Bible and also to show a path for redemption for people, we are not going to touch anybody. I want to be aware of the chair, and I want people who are struggling with any of these things these issues that we have just talked about, that they would see that there's room at the cross for them. So let's start with the, the scripture verse here, because in, in Colossians chapter three, verse one through seventeen, it's an extended passage of scripture, but I want you just to kinda of go with me and we're we're gonna make these points really quickly. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Now, right here, someone would sit there and say, yep, that's why I'm just kind of, I'm just got my head, I'm just I'm just biding my time, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back. I, that is what that means. Let me say it that again, that's not what that means. But in order to keep your mind straight, your head straight, you need to understand, all right, that we need to look and realize that, there, God has a better plan, all right? He says, and there's this identification that starts to happen here. Think about the things of earth, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now, this speaks of our influence as far as the Christians, that we should be. When you, right, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, that's how you will share his glory. I'm not waiting only for when I'm taken out of this place to be showing that glory. I'm letting the glory of God to be made manifest in me right now. I'm letting mercy be written all over me. I'm letting the love of God to be all over me. And everything, and everything that I'm trying to do, I'm trying to say, listen, God loves you. God has a plan. Listen, I know that there's been mistakes and chaos in your life and dysfunction, but somehow, some way. I want to show you how God can restore things. He can bring wholeness back, all right? It's not by burying my head in the sand. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. we got to do that first. Somebody say, I've got to take got to take care of me. I got to take care of me i can not help people with other issues if I don't help me, all right? But these are real issues, and he identifies some of them. He says, listen, I have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Ah uh, Yikes. I don't like to talk about the anger of God. I mean, I, with regards to people, that the picture that's created is just that God, I mean, when I say I don't like to talk about it, it's the Bible, all right? But, I mean, I don't want that to be the resonating reason that motivates people to get saved because God's going to be mad at me. You as parents that are in here today, and most of us have been or are, don't ever look forward to the fact, uh, hopefully you don't, to your kids did everything that you wanted them to do because if they didn't, you'd be angry with them. I'm so thankful for my parents because I operate out of that. I operated out of, I wanted to make them proud of things. I, I mean, I, I wanted to make them know that the investment that they made in me, it, it was making a difference. But well, I've got to put to death those things, get rid of those things that that are issues, all right, myself. Go ahead, next one, please. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of more issues. Anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. oh Nobody's feeling perfect in here, right? <laughs> Get rid of dirty language. Some of you have been judged inappropriately that you cannot be a Christian because you've you slipped and you had dirty language. You cussed. Someone looks you said, Did you hear that? Now, I'm not giving you permission to go ahead and cause. I'm not telling you that. I'm certainly not telling you to take the Lord's name in vain. But I'm telling you, we should not be judgmental to the point to where we get to the point and think that a person is not spiritual, is not desiring the things of God because they had a moment. But he said, you get rid of it still. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Keep going. Put on your new nature. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. Say that with me. Christ is all that matters. God could not look upon his son when he was on the cross because he took upon himself the sins of of us. And Christ is all that matters. And He lives in all of us. Oh my goodness. He lives in all of us. <laughs> the second thing I want you to get is this. I don't know why this mic's got a dead spot here, but anyway. Number two, our response to life's issues must be intentional. It has to be intentional. That's what the scripture verse is saying. You need to make sure to change your clothes. That's what he says next right there. Okay, it's going to happen right here in this next verse. Verse number 12. Go ahead. Since God chose you to be holy people, he loves you. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Are you, are you feeling a little bit of the, the, the twitches that's happening? It's just like, all right, he has this expectation that we would live this way, that we'd rid ourselves of all these things, all these issues that are very real that are going on, we got to get rid of. Oh, but by the way, we're not going to get rid of them all right away, and everybody else that we're trying to bring in that's going to be sitting in the chair, they're not going to get rid of it. So I need to change my clothes. And what I need to be noted as, what, I, what I, needs to be seen upon me is clothes that say that, guess what? I am tenderhearted, that I have mercy, that I am kind, that I am humble, that I have gentleness and patience. I must make an allowance for other people's faults. That's the real people, helping people with real issues, dealing with things. <laughs> the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I don't know of anything that is more devastating and holding people at back than this area of unforgiveness. We make statements, well, I love you because, you know what, the Bible says I have to, but I don't have to like you. Hello? How many of you have made the statement or you heard it said? You know what, we make the statement and we talk about here, we say, you know, um, well, I, I, I've got to forgive you. But, you know, uh, because the Bible says I have to. But, but we know that forgiveness process is still just creating a place within our mind, and it reworks itself. And I'm not saying that you need to set yourself up again to be treated and certainly not abused physically, verbally, and all this. I mean, there's, there's ways in which you can put yourself in a right place. But let me tell you something. If the mention of that person's name continues to irk you whenever you hear it. And the pain of the situation in which you were involved in that brought you the grievance is just relived and the emotions are there. You still need the work of Christ. And some of us will need it until we see Jesus, okay? But you have to have an intention, all right? It is your responsibility to life's issues to be intentional about letting Christ, all right, work through you to work this stuff out of you. We can still be a real people with real issues. Next slide, if you would, please. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful say always be thankful <laughs> always be thankful listen the last thing is I, I want you to know we've got to get people to Jesus third point put up there if you would please we've got to get people to Jesus does that say that there we go because he is the real answer amen now the enemy would tell us that 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 God's got no time for us I don't have time to read the scripture. I have it there on the slides, but we're not going to read it because I'm just out of time. But in Mark chapter 5, there's an occasion of a woman. And this woman had an issue of blood. And for 12 years, she continued to lose blood. I mean, it was, she went to the doctors. She spent all of her money. There was all kinds of, of, uh, of uh, things that happened to her as a result, consequences of her sickness, consequences of her issue she wasn't accepted in religious places because she was considered to be unclean she could not have relationships with her husband because she was considered to be unclean she had no money left because she had spent all she had to try to be be right the society in which she lived considered and cast her as an outsider listen anything that was of normality for her was totally abnormal this is a woman with an issue of blood. But let me tell you something. We need to get people to Jesus. And, and even if the people, even for an inkling, they believe the message that we're telling them. Listen, it, it's not about what you've done. It isn't about why you've got this issue, all right? We're not trying to figure out all the time about why you've got this issue initially. We, we want to help you to make decisions to to make right decisions so you can get out of it. But I'm going to do my part, but I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to show you how there's a path to redemption. But sometimes it starts in the desperation that rises out of you. Are you tired of your issue? Because if you're tired of your issue, then you'll do whatever it takes. If you're tired of not having money, if you're tired of being cast as as an outsider, if you're tired of not having normalcy in your life, then let me tell you something. You've got to do something that's extraordinary, amen? You've got to reach out and cry out to an almighty God. And when everybody else is telling telling you or the world in which you live, that he's got no time for you, he don't want to listen to you, you listen, don't believe it. Jesus was on his way to go heal Jairus' daughter. Got people just crowding in all around him. And he says, this woman says... I've been this way for 12 years. I've got nothing left. I've got nothing to lose. Listen, there's some people, who, if you're aware of the chair, who's got some issues, who's who's waiting for some of us to be sensitive enough to say, listen, if, if I could just touch a little bit of the Jesus within you. Listen, uh, you may not be Jesus in flesh and blood right now, but listen, I see Jesus in you. I see mercy in you. I see kindheartedness in you. I see something that's been changed. I see someone who had an issue, that like my issue, and guess what? You're somehow walking above it. You somehow have a... story to tell, and I'm excited about that. Can I spend a little bit of time with you? Can I rub up against you? Kind of, that's what she's saying. I'm trying to make a current day, present day analogy of what that woman was saying, because she said, listen, I don't need a a sit down with Jesus. All I need to do is be able to touch the hem of his garment. And she crawled through and she reached out and she touched Jesus' garment. And from that moment, he said, who touched me? And the disciples says what? They said, don't you realize there's people who are pressing in all around you? You ask us who touched you? Are you ridiculous? You've got an issue, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. He says, this is what I know. That the power of God has come out of me. The flow of the glory of God has come out of me. And, and, and I just get excited about that because you know what? I believe that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I believe the same spirit, all right, that Jesus is the same today as he was yesterday. And he says that he lives in me. And, and you know what? I'm thinking by, about this for a moment, and I'm sitting there saying, you know what? I might be, because of Jesus in me, the answer to somebody else's issue And all they want to do is kind of get a little close to me. All they want to do is see if I will take time to sit next to them and hear their story, maybe for the fifth, the sixth, or the seventh time over and over again. But listen, I'm not going to let their issues stop me from showing the love of God. I'm going to continue reaching them right where they're at. I'm telling you, church, when those become the overriding attributes and characteristics of us, we will not be able to keep people out. We'll be in a multiplying state. Praise team come on up here if you would, please. There will be nothing, nothing that will be able to hold us back. Jesus is the real answer. I wonder if there's evidence of Jesus who's helped you with your issues, It's being shown through your life. The enemy would love for you to concentrate upon everything that's wrong, the dysfunction and the chaos, the hopelessness for America. But it's not that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Wouldn't it be awesome instead that we rise up and in the midst of the greatest adversities and trials and circumstances, we pledge allegiance to him again. We say over and over again, Lord, you are good. You are good. I've made you the king of my heart, the most important ruler and being that there is. That's a song that we're going to sing. We've had issues in this place today, but He was the issue fixer. (laughs) He wants to be for other people, and people are looking to be motivated by your response to them right now. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're in this place today, and you've got an issue. And the issue is this one issue is is that you are not in right relationship with the Lord. You recognize you haven't made Him the Lord of your life. here today. Here in this moment, it can all change. Here in this moment, right now, you can say, I'm on the winning team. Don't believe the lies of the enemy anymore. You don't, you can't do enough things to be right to earn your righteousness. Your right standing. Think about it today, today, today. Before I walked into this place, I wasn't sure that I was on my way to heaven. My name was not in the Lamb's book of life, but I wanted to be pastor. If that's you, lift up your hand in this place today. Come on, where you at? Come on, I see that God bless you. Anyone else, come on. I see that God bless you. I see that, yes, you put that down. Two, two individuals, three, four individuals. I recognize is making rededications. It doesn't matter. That's awesome right now that God is solidifying some things right now that his spirit is going to bear witness with your spirit. That the Bible says that when you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins. Maybe that's what you're doing right now. That's okay. We're gonna, we're, we're just going to thank the Lord for that. Amen? Amen. How many of you thank the Lord for the accessibility of, 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 of Jesus? Amen to us. Amen. Amen. Pray this prayer with me, everybody in this place. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love that was demonstrated by sending your son. Thank you for forgiving me of every sin that I've ever committed against you and even the ones that I have not yet. You've made forgiveness available for me and I confess it to you today my shortcomings. In Jesus' name, amen.